Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. No matter where you are in the world, I'm definitely glad to be here with you. And more importantly, I'm glad you're here with me. You are tuned into the Trust and Believe Nomad cast. I'm your host, Damon Anderson. Please like, subscribe, and follow to my YouTube channel for the visuals at Retired Master Sergeant 20. My social media, Instagram, big underscore MSG underscore retired. My Facebook, Big MSG 74. And also, for the audio version of this Nomad Cast, Apple, Google, Spotify, Podcast Chaser, Podcast Addict, GeoSaving, SoundCloud, and Spreaker, to name a few. So appreciate everything on this wonderful Wednesday, which is a way back Wednesday, right? 29 September 2020. One. Um, for my opening remarks, I hope everybody had a a great Tuesday. You know, anytime you know it through the grass, it's always a good day. It was a good good day in our household. No issues. Um, my son, you know, I take him to school and pick him up every day. And now with him growing up, I think he, well, I don't think he, he, he expressed to me that he would like to start catching the bus. You know, the yellow cheese bus, as we used to call them. He wanted to start taking the bus coming home. So I don't have any issues with it because, you know, I've been his age and I got it. I told him, I said, dropping him off to school is non-negotiable. I will drop you off at school, take you to school. But he wants to get on the bus. You know, he wants to be with his friends, you know, hang, chilling on the bus and talking with his pals. So no issue with that. So that probably happened after, you know, fall break let him get on the bus and I wait for him because the bus stops like right close so pick him up no issue with that but the remarks I want to dive into today talking about uh, neighbors and being able to read the room right so we have neighbors that's, that's across the street and they just moved in right and our neighborhood uh, is comprised of active duty military uh, retirees and you know city officials and all that so it's a it's a different different demographic in our neighborhood right and so these folks moved in I don't know anything about them but they moved in and 
as soon as they moved in, they put all their trash on the curb, like the little grassy area right by their mailbox. And the trash trucks that came last week, it's like three different trash trucks that come through our neighborhood. You got waste management and a couple of other the local ones. And they come either Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday every week, right? Unless it's inclement weather. So they put their trash out, and the trash trucks, you know, they just pass by. You know, they pick their trash up. But the trash that's in cans that's issued by the trash companies that you have to buy, you know, um, they pick those up. So I talked about reading the room. So if you move in a neighborhood, just kind of take a look around, and you see, okay, there's no trash, trash bags sitting out. And... The only trash that's outside is like the, you know how people take the trash out the day before or that morning of, you know, the trash pickup. That's the only time you'll see anything on the curb, you know. So I'm like, okay, you should be able to read the room and see, okay, this is the type of neighborhood we live in. Maybe I don't want to have my trash bags sitting outside. Because the trash companies are not going to pick them up. They have to be inside of a trash receptacle. It has to be. And it's just, you know, this that's the cosmetics of living in a, you know, a neighborhood. So the trash, I think waste management comes either today or tomorrow, whatever. Um, so I'm going to see if they pick theirs up. But my thing is, you know, you should be able to like, okay, why is we the only ones that have trash bags sitting out here? And, you know, everyone knows we talk about everybody has a chance and a choice. If you, called the electric company, the power company to get your power activated and you did all these things, call the daggone trash company and have them put out a freaking can and put your trash in the can like regular responsible people. So it's just something I'm just noticing. I'm like, come on, man, we got it. We can't, we can't walk through blindly. Read the room. Read the freaking room. All right. (laughs) All right. Enough of that. So, again, that was my opening remarks, you know, being able to read the room. Uh, today we're talking about Wayback Wednesday, and my story about Wayback Wednesday talks about a Buick Regal I had way back when I was a young Marine, right, um, and an incident that happened that led up to the major incident. I guess you could say the incident that happened that led up to the culminating event of the demise of my Buick Regal. And I'm going to show a picture of uh, this Buick Regal and some gym shoes, some Jordans that I bought that was the reason why things happened the way they did. So, uh, again, like, subscribe, and follow. Way back Wednesday today, 29 September 2021. Stay tuned, y'all. Way back Wednesday. All right, welcome back. Welcome back to Way Back Wednesday. Way Back Wednesday on 29 September 2021. All right, so today's episode on uh, Way Back Wednesday is a is a story that's near and dear to my heart because you could place the blame on a lot of things, a lot of people, but. You know, in life, you have to point the finger inward and not outward. The thumbs always go inward. The fingers go outward, right? So I definitely take the blame for what I'm about to, the story I'm about to tell. So this happened back in uh, 
1995, right? 1995, I was a young Marine. I was a Lance Corporal at the time. Yeah, I was a Lance Corporal at the time, stationed in Yuma, Arizona, right? And I had bought a Buick Regal the year prior. So that was 1994 when I bought this Buick Regal. It was a 1986 Buick Regal. So the car was eight years old when I bought it. It was a silver Regal. Had plush interior. It was all original, original wheels and everything. And I used to keep a, I bought a Jason mask. And my car was gray, silver gray. So I painted my Jason mask. I got some chrome paint, some chrome paint and spray painted. Right. So I had a, a gray Jason mask. I'm going to show you a picture, up close picture. So you can see what I was talking about. And, uh, I mean, I rode that car, man. That was my car. Anybody that was stationed in Yuma during those mid nineties, they can tell you I had, I used to call it the gray ghost, right? I had my regal man and I was rolling, man. Oh, I was a young Marine money in my pocket, had my regal, you know, life, life was good, you know, at that stage of my life. Right. Um, so let's fast forward to 1995, right? Uh, let me show you the Regal. Show you a quick picture of the Regal right here. As you can see, that's me back in 90. I think this one was in 94 when I took this picture. And you can see the gray Jason mask on the rear view. That Regal was clean. You can see, man, I was going through an identity crisis. And one day I was a, a member of NWA, and the next minute I was a member of the Wu-Tang Clan. So, But again, I was, you know, 18-year-old cat, man. You know what I mean? But. That was the Regal, man. That was my Regal. So let's fast forward to 1995, right? And um, I had went home on leave to Detroit. I went home on leave for about 10 days or so. Every summer I would, I would go home on leave, right? And uh, what happened, one of my friends who was from Detroit, he uh, was going on leave. He was stationed in Yuma as well. He was a Marine. So he went on leave. So we was like, hey, man. He said, why don't you just follow me? Because he drove. He said, why don't you just follow me to Phoenix? We drop your car off at the airport, and then we just drive to Detroit. And that's like from Phoenix, Arizona to Detroit, that's like almost 39, 40-hour drive. And now I'm thinking years later, man, why didn't I just freaking fly? But I'm like, no, nah, I ride, ride with my homeboy and whatnot. And so I missed the critical piece. So we left Yuma. Yuma and Phoenix is probably like a couple hours away from each other. So we drove, and this is like summertime. So we drove, this is 95. So we drove to Phoenix, and I didn't park my Regal in the daggone uh, secure, you know, parking, airport parking. I parked it at a freaking Holiday Inn in Phoenix, right? So I'm like, man, my car good. My car good. I parked it like on the third level. Parked it, locked it up the whole nine got in his car bam we out and it was his wife and he had like two kids and it was me and we was in the mitsubishi mirage if you remember the mitsubishi mirages way back in the 90s them things was like this big and you got all these people inside this car and we driving from phoenix arizona to freaking detroit michigan never i'm glad i ain't never had to do that again with that composition of people and so we, we got to Detroit a couple of days, three days later, whatnot, just soaking up all my leave time. Now I only got like a week of leave, which was cool. So I was home and everything, and my father, you know, we talking about the car, whatever, highs are running, everything is good. So he was like, so you guys drove 
from Phoenix to Detroit. He said, where did you leave your car? He said, did you leave it like in the, the secure airport parking? I'm like, no. I left it at uh at the Holiday Inn by the airport. He said, why did you do that? He said, is it secure? I'm like, no, I was sitting in the uh, Holiday Inn parking lot. It's like on the third the third level. So my pops was like, he's a straight shooter, man. He was like, that car ain't going to be there. I'm like, nah, you good. I know where I parked at. He was like, trust, that car will not be there when you get back. So as the days went on, I'm getting ready to leave. Now, I spent all my money I saved up buying gold chains and gym shoes and all sorts of stuff I didn't need, right? Again, man, I was a young Marine. I was single at the time, pocket full of money, man. I'm just enjoying life. So finally t- came time for me to, to fly from, I flew from Detroit back to Phoenix. And uh, the whole time we driving from, you know, from Detroit to the airport, because the airport's in the suburbs. Whole time we driving, we on 94 talking. Father like, that car ain't going to be there when you get back. That car ain't going to be there when you get back. I'm like, Pops, I got it. I got it. Get on the bird, land in Phoenix. So the whole time from Phoenix to Detroit, I'm planning what I'm going to do because I still had like a couple of days of leave after that. Right. Once I landed, you know, so I'm planning everything. Oh, I'm about to you know, get my car. I'm about to clean it up. And it was on a Sunday and we used to, uh, it was like fourth Avenue where everybody used to go. That was like the strip and everybody take the cars out and hang out or whatever. It was like a Sunday night thing. So I had plans, you know, my plan was going to land like at 1500 or three o'clock on a Sunday drive down to Yuma, clean my car, do all that, man, and get ready for 4th Avenue Sunday night, right? Because I didn't have, my leave was still good until I think that Tuesday or Wednesday, so I was straight. I got my whole day planned. So I land in Phoenix, and uh, I catch a taxi, catch a cab from the Dagon Airport to the Holiday Inn, which wasn't that far. So I tell the driver, I say, hey, my car is on the third, on the third level, just take me around. He's like, got it, boy. So we driving first level. I'm excited. Can't wait to see my Regal. Can't to see it. Can't wait to see it. I'm driving. I'm driving. I'm driving. Well, he driving. And I noticed the parking lot, the parking spot where I parked my car at wasn't there. I'm like, hold on, man. I remember where I parked this car at. I said, drive around. We driving. We driving. We driving. Now, mind you, remember, I spent all my leave and it was between paydays. I spent all my money I saved up on leaving Detroit trying to be a freaking baller, right? So I had, I think, $50 in my pocket. $50 in my pocket. And uh, we driving around, we driving around. And while he's driving, I'm noticing that taxi fare is increasing, increasing, increasing. It got to like 35 either 30 or $35. And he was like, dude, your car ain't here. And he was like, I can't keep driving around and circles looking for something in here. I'm like, dude, my car is here, man. Drive around again. So he drove around, drove around, and my car wasn't there. My Buick Regal, my 1986 Buick Regal that I parked in the unsecure parking lot was not there, right? Go figure. So I looked at the fare, and then by that time, it came to like $45, and I only had a 50 on me. And I was like, man, I am so sorry. I said, I'm an active duty Marine. I don't have any money on me. I spent all my money on leave. All I got is a 50 on me. Is that way I can, you know, 
decrease this fare. So he kind of looked at me. He was like, hey, man, he said, just get out. Get out the cab. <laughs> I guess he was like, dude, just go. So I got out, and I walked back down the, the tier, and it was a Greyhound bus station right across the street, if I remember. It was close. And uh, I walked over there, and I said, okay, let me get a ticket from Phoenix to Yuma, which is a couple hours away. So I got ready to get the ticket. Now, mind you, I had $50 in my pocket. Why did that ticket come to 40 like $42 or something? I'm like, what the freak, man? So I paid the freaking bus fare, and I still had like $8 after that. So I called home, and my pops was like, you know, what happened? I said, well, I landed in Phoenix, and uh, you was right. My car wasn't there. Nowhere to be found. And I said, the taxi cab felt sorry for me. I didn't have to pay that. But then I just bought this daggone bus ticket. I had $50 on me. The bus ticket was $42. So that left $8 on my pocket. And you know, my father, man, he's one of the type of dudes. He was like, so I told you, don't spend all your money while you're here on leave. Right? You up in the malls and doing all this crazy stuff. And then I told you, don't leave your car in the airport. He said, so I'm going to let you figure this out. And he hung up the phone. I'm like, man, where's the mentorship at? But I'm glad he did that. But at the time, I was like, man, bump that. And so, mind you, now the bus wasn't leaving until um, later on that evening. It was like 8 o'clock. So I'm sitting in this freaking Greyhound bus station with everybody and their mama and their mama's mama and their brother and all these other different people, right? So I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there. I'm eating freaking Fritos and I'm drinking, trying to, you know, ration out what I was going to eat because I still had the time sitting there. Remember, I got there like at 3 or 4 o'clock and my bus didn't lead to like 8 something. Finally on the bus and uh, everything's rolling, everything's rolling. I get to Yuma probably like a midnight and I call my squad leader because from the duty hut, because, you know, this course before the cell phones, so I called my squad leader and told him, I said, hey, Sarkato, I'm back in town, whatever, whatever. He said, everything good? How was leave? I said, it was good. I said, but my car was stolen. He's like, did you file a police report? I'm like, no. He said, dude, why aren't you filing a police report? He said, get off the phone with me. Call the freaking uh, Phoenix Police Department. So it's like 1 o'clock and one thirty in the morning by the time I got off the phone with Phoenix uh, Police and everything. So I go to work a day after. And uh, my gunnery sergeant, my master guns, all these cats, man, they just, you know, giving me the rundown. What happened? Da, da, da. Did you leave your car locked? Did you do this? Did you do that? And so probably about a couple of days after that, the Phoenix Police Department called my sergeant because I gave them his contact information. And um, they called him. He said, hey, man, called me in the office. He said, hey, they found your car. Uh, somewhere in Phoenix, he said, uh, but they, you know, charging like $15, $20 a day or something like that because it's impounded. He said, but we ain't going to be able to go up here, go up to Phoenix this week because we know we have some stuff going on. He said, but next week I'll take you up there. So I'm like, bet, you know, so now I'm excited. Car been found, da, 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 da. They didn't, please didn't say what condition was. They just said it was found. So that I think we left that following Tuesday. We went up there, Gunny let us took the day off, and we drove up to Phoenix. So I'm excited, man. You know, get my car, 
So my sergeant, because again, I was between pay periods and like a goofball, I spent all my freaking money in Detroit on leave. So he was like, I'll pay your freaking your impound fees, whatever it is, and then, you know, just pay me back. Because payday was like that next week. So I'm like, bet, no problem. I just want my freaking car. So we finally get to the Phoenix impound lot, get my car. I'm just so excited, you know. So my sergeant's there, he's signing like the release form. I go out to the to the lot, I look in my car, my freaking Alpine radio. Now this is old school. I had the pull out joint. My Alpine radio is gone, my speakers are gone, my Jason mask is gone, my Detroit Lions, uh well they left the Detroit Lions license plate on there. Probably should have took that. Um and that was it. But the car was in Condi- good condition. My seats wasn't ripped up anything. So I'm like, bet. I get paid next week. I'm going to get me another radio. Give me some more speakers. Bam. I'm good. I didn't check no fluids. No nothing. Rolling. And this had like a half a tank of gas. So we went to the gas station, filled up and everything. So I followed him back to Yuma. Now, this is dead summer, 1995. And if you ever been to Arizona in the summertime, it's like 40 million degrees and we on the freaking interstate and it's even hotter. So we going driving through Phoenix, driving through Phoenix. So we kind of got outside of Phoenix a little bit uh, on our way to Yuma. So I'm driving, I'm driving, man. I'm excited, man. I can't wait to get back. You know, I'm about my radio, I'm about this, I'm about that. So all of a sudden the car starts shaking. It was like, do, 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 do. So I pulled off to the side and my sergeant was a little bit, probably about a car, a couple car lengths ahead of me. He saw me, and he pulled off to the side. So when I pulled out, off to the side after the stairwell was jerking, soon as I got out, probably not even two minutes later, that regal caught on fire. And it was like just a flame. And I'm sitting there looking like, what the freak? Come to find out there was no cooling inside there, right? All my freaking, you know, uh, fluids was just empty antifreeze i mean everything was empty the only liquid i had in that car was freaking gas i mean it was done and i learned a valuable lesson that day but here's the other part so the phoenix police department come down on the freeway the fire department came you know they extinguished the fire and everything and uh he was a man he's a young man he said glad you're alive glad you made it and everything and he's like well at least you had insurance now, here's the part. So these freaking Jordan 10s that I have on my feet, and this picture was probably taken about a week before I went on leave. You can tell that's old school 90s. Look at that, them Nike pants legs. Those Jordan 10s that I bought, right? I bought those, and I didn't pay my car insurance for like a month or two. I think it was about a month. And it was like with some rinky dink. It wasn't like no all state. It was like some car insurance and ribs and coleslaw type places. It was it was all bad. I was like such an idiot back then. And he was the the fireman was like, Well, at least you had insurance. I looked down at my feet, I had them Jordan tens on. I was like, Well, I said, I spent my insurance money. I didn't pay my insurance for like a month or so because I bought these Jordans. And he kind of just looked at me. He put his hand on my shoulder and just walked away. And they was going to find me for that, for one, for admitting I didn't have insurance. But I think because I was contrite and I admitted my wrongdoing and I was a Marine and all that, 
you let me go with a warning. And so I didn't have my car burnt up. I didn't pay the car insurance and I didn't have no car. And prior to that, you know, I noticed a lot of my friends back then, you know, we was all, we get in my Regal. Some of my friends, most of a couple, a couple of my friends, they still hung out with me and I would ride with them, whatever. But some of these other guys that I was stationed with that I used to, you know, we all crew, you know, we jump in the Regal, we going here, we going there. When they found out my car burnt up, cause I came back to the barracks and all I had was that Detroit license plate in my hand and the antenna from the Regal. And they saw that these cats bust out laughing because it was like a burn mark on my license plate. Cats start laughing and, yo, you know, your car burnt up, da-da-da-da-da. And I'm thinking, we still crew, you know. Whenever we go to the club, whatever, y'all going to come get me. Left me out the dry. I was only a couple friends that I had in at that time that was still hanging out with me. You know what I mean? But I learned the value of friendship. I learned the value of having insurance. I learned the value of not spending all your freaking money, you know. I have a lot of wrong decisions. I grew up a lot in those 90s. That's why I like to talk about my time in the Marine Corps because I learned so much. And there was some hard freaking lessons, man. Yeah, but that Regal I had, man, I bought that Regal in 1994. And I was a little conceited with it. So I probably, you know, there was probably some karma coming around. I used to get in that Regal, man. I used to run red lights and police used to stop me. I ain't had no seatbelt on. I was talking all slick. You know, I just... It was a different time, you know. I wouldn't do none of that stuff now, of course. But I was young, immature, man, dude from Detroit, man. You can tell me nothing back then. I was conceited. So a lot of that, now I think about it, a lot of that was karma. Um, But, yeah, man, but I bought that Regal in 94. It burnt up in 95. And I didn't have insurance because I went and bought some freaking Jordan 10s. 1995, the summer of 1995, my Regal. Met his demise. Let me show you another picture. That same picture, but that's my Regal, man. Man, I would love to have that car right now. <laughs> All right, so that's my story for way back Wednesday. My car getting burnt up, and I have to point the fingers inward, not outward. That was all my fault. So make sure you pay your insurance and don't spend all your money and do the right things in life, right? <laughs> man. What a time. Get chills just thinking about that. All right, so that is way back Wednesday, y'all. Appreciate the, the ears and the eyes listening and watching this video. Again, continue to like, subscribe, and follow. For the audio versions, again, I'm on Google, SoundCloud, Apple, uh, GeoSaving, Spreaker, Podcast, Chaser, Podcast Addict. The visual version, of course, is on YouTube. Follow me on Instagram at big underscore MSG underscore retired. My YouTube channel at uh, Retired Master Sergeant 20. Facebook at big MSG 74. Appreciate all the love. Let's get those likes up. Let's get those subscriptions up. Let's get those follows up. Tell a family member. Tell a friend. Tell a coworker, even if you don't like it. Tell everybody about this, man. There's some good stories, man. Some life-changing things that can hopefully help people out. So I appreciate all the love. Tomorrow is... What throwback? Uh, I'm sorry, sneaker. Sneak. I want to say. I want to say throwback Thursday, but tomorrow sneaker stories, and I have another story about some Charles Barkley, the 1994s that came out, and I recently they put out the retros recently, and so I got them, 
but it's in a different color scheme. So I'll talk about what happened with my Charles Barkley's in 1994, uh, back in the day. So I appreciate everything, y'all. Let's uh, go ahead and pack it up. This has been Way Back Wednesday. Tomorrow we'll be having sneaker stories and wrap, it th- wrap everything up on a turnaround Thursday. Peace and love, y'all. If you want to take your vehicle's performance to new heights, you got to give it peak. Like our original equipment technology, antifreeze and coolant, our formulas match the vehicle manufacturer's technology requirements so that we have the perfect match for every vehicle. That's one reason why Peak is among the fastest growing brands of coolant in America. We work harder to earn the trust of people like you every day. That's Peak Performance.